1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris and as always, I'm joined by Jim and Alberto.
2: How's it going? I'm good, sir.
1: Very cool. Alberto, what's new with you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I messed around. and played a stupid game and won a stupid prize. And uh, I won a free entry to run a half marathon in two weeks. And first order of business is I should probably buy shoes to run in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> Sh- shoes to, to, to run in that that you you haven't, you know, actually just only done 5K on. Um,
2: Yeah, Yeah, well, those shoes are just beat down and done. So, like, I have absolutely no shoes that are anywhere near the athletic realm. And something tells me that uh, I shouldn't attempt this in my my Vibram Five Fingers. 5K (laughs) I've done in my (laughs) Vibram Five Fingers. A half marathon might be pushing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I
1: I can imagine. I can imagine that would be the case. Um, Was this the grand
0: prize, Alberto, or was this the consolation prize? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't even know. I might be the first loser. <laughs> yeah. Um I and
1: then somebody on that thread that you posted about, hey, I, I might come down and join you. Um maybe Chris can do it. and I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. Jim, how about you? Um, you know, it, things
0: are just hectic at work and whatnot, uh, but the uh, the gates are opening up next week and things will get better and improve. Um, i I'm, I'm been very conscious over the last week or so. We're doing this eight-week uh, transformation challenge in Orange Theory Fitness and um, trying to leave the workout at eight o'clock at night and go home and not eat enough to feel full without feeling kind of thing and um, doing some shopping and kind of rethinking keto and whatnot and finding like an ant pasta salad. Never would have thought about that even though it had all the stuff in it. Saw it at the grocery store tonight like, hey, I wonder and Google it real quick. Sure enough, you know, that works and uh, sauteed mushrooms have become a, fa- become a favorite of mine in the last couple of weeks as well. So uh, noticing some changes, staying off the scale until uh, the challenge is up to see, but it's always nice when you notice a jacket feels a little bit looser or pants feel a little mm-hmm. bit lighter. So, all is good, man. How about
1: you? Well, I am currently in Studio Z. Um, in my, <laughs> um, I'm up in Kansas City visiting my parents. And so, I brought along my bare necessities of recording equipment and have my laptop. And so, I am up here doing, uh, doing a little visiting. I have at least one, if not maybe multiple. I'm going to be pushing it pretty hard in the next couple of days. I know there are more people in the Midwest that that could come to a meet up here, but but um, mm-hmm. unlike in Texas, in Texas, oh, two-hour drives, oh, no big deal. That's just like a daily commute. Um, that's not how it is in Kansas City <laughs> or anywhere in the Midwest, for that matter. Mm-hmm. It's, everything is fifteen minutes away. Uh, so, uh, the, so with that being said, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to uh, to get a couple more guys together on Saturday. I know I'm going to have one or two uh, meet me at Joe's Kansas City, but um, Kansas City barbecue, and we'll we'll have a good time. It will be barbecue will be happy. It will be be fun. It will be good, regardless of however many people show up. Um, so. I, I, ask, I want
0: to want ask one thing of you because I noticed posted this up. Mm-hmm. Um, axe throwing,
1: axe throwing, yes.
0: Is this a Texas thing? <laughs> this is not an Indian thing. <laughs> well, so I'm just kind of curious what prompted that as a um, activity for you.
1: I so I've seen and heard about it both in 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 my Kansas City and Texas circles. I've actually been researching the Texas locations for. For our uh, keto men's club meetup during KetoCon, uh-huh. um, and so act- it's kind of this thing where it's kind of like bowling alleys, only instead of throwing a bowling ball down an alley, you have a wood target that you throw axes at for an hour and a half or so. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of my friends, and we're trying to to get a, a group together, and we're probably going to just rent out, out one of their their lanes uh, for an hour and a half or so tomorrow night and uh it'll be be a good time of, of men being men and it'll be good.
0: <laughs> okay. No judgment. I just was when I saw it. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's a thing. Um now I, I would probably say that it's probably more so a thing in towns that have a higher hipster um population like Kansas City and Austin. Uh, <laughs> just okay. because, because okay. Uh, hipster guys apparently like to you know make sure that they're being masculine enough, I think. Um, but <laughs> So you have to wear skinny jeans and dress shoes with no socks in order to participate. I, I, no, because Danny Vega was doing it and very definitely not that he, he, uh, no, yeah. he, he, he did have his Ron Swanson button up on. So, you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that should be, it should be fun. And, and, uh, so yeah, hint, hint, one of the ideas that I have for our ketocon men's meetup would be at, uh, at Axe Valley in Austin, um, because, uh, that could be a lot of fun. Um, Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what's new with, with me, and it's it's going to be a, a good good week of, of getting to be around family and see all friends and family and go to all the, the the church events and things like that. Get to see people I haven't seen in a year and all that, so it'll be good. Good. And, good and getting to stay keto on, on the way, which actually hasn't been that hard. I've had steak two times and good burgers two times in the 24 hours, that I, 24, 48 hours that I've been in town, mm-hmm. so it's uh, going pretty good in that regard so far. Well, let's get into our shout-outs. I'm going to save mine for last because I want to uh, springboard from it into a t- keto related topic. Um, Jim, who do you have this year? Uh, this year? Or this week. It's been a long It's been a long year this week.
0: Uh, my shout-out is to uh, Tony Serrano, um, who posted up this week um, a Transformation Tuesday photo. Um, 370 pounds down to 240. Um said... Part of that, held uh, or part of that weight loss came from trying to treat what it has done, sleep apnea. Um, and then more than 100 pounds of that has been from 11 months on keto. So, uh, big shout out to him. He's got the before and after uh picture in the group, and um, it's a pretty like night for the guy. I mean, couldn't even you wouldn't even know it's the same guy. So, uh, shout out Tony from um Almogordo, Almo Almo Gordo, New Mexico.
1: That's very mine, cool. very cool.
2: Alberto, they got a member, Dave Lawton. He- he posted a, quite the transformation picture. Uh, he didn't give any stats, but he went from pretty big to not big at all. And that's definitely commendable.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it, any any, move, any movement in that direction, um, that's an outward sign of interchanges. And that's always a good thing in my personal uh, view of things. Um, I want to shout out um, one of our members, Jacob, in the beginners group. And this isn't a, he's done great. He's asking a really good question. One that we get often. And so, that's why I'm bringing it up. Is I, I want to um, have us talk a little bit about how we would answer that particular question. He uh, he says uh, thoughts on relatively easy lunches I can eat on the road. Currently, I do salami and pep- or pepperoni with cheese and, and green peppers. I sometimes add almonds. I'm not a fan of Quest bars, but maybe I will use them if uh, that if I need to. And so I uh, this you know this is a question that comes up both in both groups pretty often on uh ideas for eating on the road. Now big yogi big yogi Parker, he is um the king of food on the road. But of course he's driving around with a, a small apartment in his truck all the time. <laughs> so uh that that's a little helpful with him and he he chimes in. But uh, let's go around the horn real quickly and then we'll actually pull in our guest, see if his he has any ideas on this as well. Um but uh Jim, what, what would you suggest?
0: Oh guy on the road. Um oh you know I guess there's I hate to say there's so much stuff out there but I guess there is um <laughs> you caught me <laughs> off guard Chris <laughs> I'm I'm passing. I'm gonna pass my note back to Alberto and let him start. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it it depends on what you're trying to do. If he's just trying to drive around and pick some up on the go, or if he has uh, the opportunity to like pre-pack and get things going. Um, Because you know, when I when I head out of town, I I really don't care much of anything. I just kind of I just kind of rock and roll and go with it. But like any huge gas station will have pickles, you know, like uh, mixed nuts, uh, plain pork rinds, that kind of thing. And you can make a meal out of enough of that if you need to. But if uh, if he's trying to like like legitimately, like make himself a meal that he can take on the go. That's where it gets, uh, um, this where it gets a little tricky. But uh, hard boiled eggs travel well. Bacon actually surprisingly travels well. Olives travel well. If uh, if he's going for enough to hold him over, or if he's trying to make a solid meal out of it. But I mean, in my travels um, throughout all over Texas, there's always a Wendy's. I'll just pull into a Wendy's and just get a bunch of hamburger patties, and I'm perfectly content eating mm-hmm. hamburgers every day of my life. Yeah, I've got no issue with that at all. And then you know, especially being out here, just you don't got to go very far to bump into a barbecue joint, if that's what you want to do.
1: Yep, and the nice thing about Texas barbecue, unlike Kansas City barbecue, uh, they don't put sauce on it. It's salt, pepper, in the smoker. All the flavor comes from from the smoke. And uh, so Kansas City barbecue is a little bit more about the sauce. Um, so my, my carbon intake from barbecue this week will probably be a little bit a little bit higher than it normally would be, but I'll, I'll gladly make that sacrifice. <laughs> I just may not add a whole bunch of extra sauce on top of the uh, the sauce it was cooked with. Um, so i, I my my views on it are very similar to, to Alberto's, and I, uh, I, I I if I go to the gas station, I'll, I'm looking for plain pork rinds. I'm looking for um, beef jerky that doesn't have a, 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 a massive you know, metric ton of sugar added to it. Um, if there's a little bit, I know it's used in the in the cooking process. It's, and I guess I'm probably a little lenient on what some people would call trace carbs um, because I'd rather have the protein content. And and not go for something completely fake, then um, then uh, actually just go for you know protein quest bar or something like that. I do I do eat the quest bars or, or the low carb protein bars at times, but that's definitely not my my go to. That that's usually my version of a, of a, a sweet treat or a a, uh, um, a my my uh, my way of getting away from the candy bar aisle and actually eating something that that might have some nutritional value for me. So that's my on the road Jim. Jen- do you have anything else?
0: Well, they, now that I'm not taking notes, like I go, so what, what about grocery stores? I mean, I'm a fan of this, but I know it's individual taste, like um, canned chicken. Because one of the things that I've discovered in the last week or so that I really enjoy is a like a buffalo chicken dip. Mm. It's fairly low carb, the one that I found at Sam's Club. Uh, not that I'm eating like the whole bucket or anything all at once, but just as like a keep it in the fridge at work, get a couple spoonfuls when you need a thick kind of thing or something like that. But the canned chicken, and I don't, I, I don't know if that's good or not, but I mean, that might even be something just to hit a protein if you need it like that. And there's canned tuna. There's different things like that. So I don't know if that might work for somebody.
1: Yeah, I know that um, in some other podcasts that I've edited before uh, that were all about food, one of the things that they talked a lot about was sardines. And how uh, they're very rich in some very necessary nutrients and uh, minerals, specifically that that uh, mm-hmm. the body needs. And so, if you can get into uh, into it, and 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 uh, Carrie Brown was actually one, uh, one of the, the hosts in that podcast. And she, apparently, she just keeps a couple cans of of um, of sardines in her glove compartment because if she ever gets hungry, that's something that she can just pull out. And if you fold it right, you can actually use the lid is your spoon. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I I learned a lot in that episode. Uh, I'm not big on fishy fish, uh, which has been my deterrence, but apparently they don't always have to be super fishy um, with, with that. So, you know, that's another suggestion um, that I've picked up along the way. I just haven't ever put in action. I will stop by five guys or a mighty fine any day. Um, I had a, a, uh, and it's called, it's on the local menu. At the the mighty fine burgers in the Austin area, I'm not sure if that's just a regional thing or not, but they have a, a, a burger that's called the a, a B, the Beast with cheese, and it's a, a pound, two half pound pa- patties um, instead of their normal quarter pound patties. So they'll make they'll they'll put them squash them together, make two uh, half pound patties, so you get a full pound of meat, and you can get that in a in a bowl um, and uh, with cheese and and add bacon to it and Yes, it was uh, probably like twelve bucks, but it was very worth the twelve dollars.
2: <laughs> so no, I just had wow. one of those uh, one of those last week, actually.
1: Yep. Yep. So uh, I had a, uh, and it ends up being cheaper to do that than it does to uh, buy two of the the half pound burgers that they that they have on the the traditional menu. So you won't see it on the the board, but if you if you ask them about the beast cheese, they can they can usually do it. At least, again, in in the Austin area, that that's something. Sure.
0: The one thing, and I don't want to take too much time away from our guests, but the one that I learned, my kind just got an IHOP mm. um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm I'm not advocating, I'm not go get pancakes or anything, but um, I went with a couple of friends and um, looked at the omelets. Like, okay, there's sausage, there's bacon, you know, the eggs and everything. But then, remember something from the group? Somebody said that the eggs have pancake batter mixed in or something like that.
1: Omelet mix. So I asked the, So yeah, they do an omelet mix that actually has pancake mix in the, in it to help it be flat.
0: Yeah. So I asked is this true? And they went. I don't know. They went back and asked. Yes, it is. So I had them do an omelet for me, direct eggs.
1: Mm. And
0: so it is possible. But it's also one of those things that you think you're doing it right, but then you find out they're like, "Oh, there's something in there that I didn't know about." Kind of thing. So it just takes a little bit of investigation sometimes.
1: Yep. Yep. You, you got to be a little careful on that. And and, and but it, that that's it. It's good that they were willing to to work with you and, and actually you know make sure mm-hmm. that it was that it wasn't mixed in that's good yep okay so our guest this week is zach williams and uh we're gonna dig into his story in a moment but zach uh welcome to the show first of all you for having me absolutely and so uh what what are your go-tos on the road what what do what you what do you suggest on all this
3: yeah um actually before i do that i just kind of wanted to get a few things out of the way at first just wanted to thank you guys for inviting me on this show i was uh i was somewhat embarrassed by the request but delighted at this <laughs> same time um you know i think i found a camaraderie group when i first joined and i saw uh, berto in his uh, five-fingered shoes so i was like all right i'm in the right place <laughs> uh, and also side note to your uh, shout out uh, tony serrano is actually uh, a buddy of mine uh, through some other channels and he had a particular experience in another group which i won't uh mention by name but when he came and talked to me about it i actually just realized yeah join the keto man's club and he, he asked me um, something to the effect of, are they conceited douchebags? And I said, no, not at all. <laughs> Good to know. Oh, no. So I think it's great that, you know, my, my time on the show, he's the guy that's first called out. So uh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will be sending him a present regarding that now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's got to be one of um, the questions now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right yeah
0: are <laughs> you, or are you not
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so yeah again thank you but mm-hmm. on the subject of eat when you're on the road uh, admittedly I don't do much travel but if I was to take a stab at it I I subscribe to the um, keto gains thought process around optimal nutrition so uh, you know there are there are everything that you can eat and everyone can enjoy success but there's always a potentially best way to do it and in my mind, it's about creating a, you know, a nutrient profile um, as best you can. So I think someone mentioned tuna, right? Like you can mm. keep cans of tuna or sardines in your glove compartment. So that's easy. And you can go to a gas station and there's always packets of mayonnaise. You can make a quick one. If you carried a, a little bottle of olive oil with you, um, you know, a tablespoon is about 130 calories, uh, you know, good fats. And, you know, you could quickly add it to the mix. And in a gas station, you could find, you know, your celery or, you you know, some other comparable veg vegetables. So, you know, you, you make the proportions correct. And, you know, right there, you've got a complete meal with, you know, your heavy protein, um, medium to high fat and, you know, a good vegetable source with, you know, the proper nutrient profile. But at the same time, you know, you can always go to the, like Berto said, the, um, the hamburger joints, and you can always request, you know, more vegetables along with, or say requesting one slice of cheese versus two. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you can, make a you know you can make quite a complete and decent meal out of that and i think a few people mentioned the pork rinds i would definitely put that on my list no matter what because mm-hmm. you know the good the fat is good and so it, and, you know there's some nutrients in there because it comes from pork but it's also rich in collagen too which is you know uh, some people might say uh, an important maybe even fourth macro um mm-hmm. on, ke- on on the ketogenic diet so you know between you know eating the pork rinds and you know whatever combination that I just listed, you mm-hmm. have, in my opinion, a very respectable complete ketogenic meal on the go.
1: I would agree with that, um, mm-hmm. and 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 I agree. I, I'm I'm not I, I'm not hardcore into specifically the the, the keto gains protocols, I, I, but I've read them o- read them over, and I absolutely believe that there's there, there's a valid point of view, and and they that their focus on nutrient density is absolutely a, a good thing um, because sometimes you get too. Caught up on the keto treats and the things yep. that are not necessary, and they uh, they do a good job of calling to, uh, people to the importance of uh, needing more than more than just that. So, okay, well, let's dig into your story. Say, Go ahead.
3: I just let me do one last thing on the Keto blog. So I set the record straight. I I like everything that they talk about. I believe that there is a significant amount of uh, evidence in what they say, and I it as you know sort of my uh, not my, my come all be all but it's what I lean towards when given the uh, but in no way like you know am I a saint I, mm-hmm. I respect that you know sometimes convenience necessary but whenever given the uh, whenever given the choice that's the the model I like want to pursue sure. does that make sense that's, yeah. it's not a it's not a rule like it's like it's not I'm not a strict keto versus a lazy keto guy it's mm-hmm. kind of like I'm in between
1: yeah fair enough and, and I think that's probably where I would say that I am I'm 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 three years into this journey at this point, and so I I'm pretty much on autopilot most days, um, and don't don't worry about the uh, the minutia um, that that people can sometimes get caught up on. Amen. Okay, so let's talk about you for a bit. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about um, your your life, uh, health wise uh, and and non health wise, leading up to um, you finding keto and, and what 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 that all. Has Spend
3: oh gosh, um, where do I start that question? Uh, well, I guess at the basics, I was born and raised in Taipei, Taiwan. Um, 34 now, I, um, I'm of mixed heritage, so my father is a uh, white American, my mother is uh, Taiwanese Chinese, and I dates when I was 16. You know, when it comes to health, I suppose I was gifted with good genes, but you know, I got into a little bit of trouble and maybe leaned on that facet a little too much. Uh, to not bore you with the details, uh, you know. I think what you're asking my why for doing keto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, to put it simply, uh, six six years or so, I've been working in a number of fields. Most recently in medical education and uh, cannabis tech. And yeah, I I, I got let's see disillusion with people. I began coping with it in poor ways. I won't you know go into the details, but it, you know won't point around a year and a half ago i <clears throat> let's see the the musculature in my body had gotten to a point i've actually never told anybody this part because it's a little humiliating. but uh, i had let a few things go for shutting myself away if i didn't need to go out and you know work if you will that i could sleep in a wrong position and like something would shift in my mid lower back and i would have searing pain up and down my posterior chain for you know weeks at a time couldn't fix it um, um, and then at one point I got uh, pneumonia, and because of I guess my you know behavior patterns up until that point, I you know whether it's a immortality complex or you know something even more trivial, I you know just kind of assumed it was just a fever and I just let it go. And my father found me like three days later on my couch with a 105 degree temperature. So you know I was pretty much that close to passing away. It was rather humiliating actually because uh, you know if I can swear on this show it was the result of me being a used piece of shit and when i recovered i felt i had been given a new lease on life um but you know making change was difficult i went back into the gym and i tried to you know beat my body back into shape like it had once been when i was younger but you guys probably are aware as you grow older if you're not living smart uh the cycle of you know let's get healthy and then let's you know eat eat our way to shit it, it grows more and more in favor of the you know the shit spectrum mm-hmm. so nothing was really working the way that i wanted and then i remember and it told me about keto and so i said well that's curious um let me look and i spent about two or three months once i got started it just it kind of snowballed because it was so fascinating to me um i just started researching ketosis i became fascinated with all of the health applications that i was discovering for it Start as a treatment for childhood epilepsy to, you know, implications for treating Alzheimer's and uh, even autoimmune disorders. Um, And I, you know, at about two month period, I, all right, so let me just plan on how to do this. And I spent about a month formulating the plan. And then, you know, about a year and a half ago, I kicked the start button and yeah, here I am uh, now talking to you guys, (laughs) just, you know, completely infatuated with the lifestyle in the community.
1: So how did you find out about it? What, what, or other, other than just the, the basic research, um, wh- was it something that someone brought to you, or, or was it um, something you just kind of happened on?
3: there was a my a, a previous boss when I did in in local politics uh, had done keto and you know i had done I had dabbled in like intermittent fasting and you know what have you and seemed somewhat similar but I just couldn't wrap my mind around the idea of uh, ditching carbohydrates uh, didn't it didn't make any rational sense to me at times so you know I never really pursued it but like I said uh, given my situation at the time you know dramatic changes seemed in order so I remembered keto I said well, it really can't be anything more dramatic than that. So I decided to, to take a look. Um, and if you're asking where to start getting my information, then, you know, I'll be the first to admit that it was the internet gurus on you know YouTube, like uh, Thomas DeLauer and Jason Fung, and so on and so forth.
2: No, that's awesome, man. It's uh, it's good that you were able to the and find something, and more importantly, it's good that you're able to stick with it because uh, it's uh, it's not easy. You're trying to change everything around for the better. Level of a commitment that most well, you people know, can uh, can de- definitely not understand.
3: Well, you know, if I may like maybe try to explain why I think keto really changed or keto was different, um, there was something really fundamental about what I needed to figure out in order to understand ketogenics, right? Like I I, I, I like asking the question, why about things? Um, and as I dug deeper into ketogenics, you know, the questions just kept on pounding. It was like, well, um, why is ketogenic good? Okay. Well, why does it... Have happen okay well what what makes it happen um what are the nuances from happening uh and like you know if i was you way of my body composition exercise was obviously a part of that so it was well what changes about exercise when you're living ketogenically um what you know and then now it's like well how can you augment that by you know slightly adapting your approach with if you guys wear a tkd all, all those both right oh, it's upwards from you know uh, like the foundational understandings my my understanding of how it works, it it, it it translated into how I live, you know, in that same branching process, where the rules and regulations of it kind of help clarify what I'm supposed to do, given that, like, once I know what happens, what happens and how it happens, I can start making choices based on what I want. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, regimented, it sounds complicated, it sounds overbearing, but I found it, frankly, rather liberating because it's taken a lot of guesswork out Life uh, just by like understanding how to live ketogenically properly.
0: So I want to ask you something here, Zach, kind of taking it back a little bit to the beginning, so to speak, um, because we've asked different guests in the past, you know, their family history and whatnot. So were you, were anybody in your family a big kid or a big person, or did you have a weight issue growing up or anything like that? Because, I mean, you've been honest and open about some challenges that you've had in the last few years. I'm just wondering if that stems from, you know, things growing up, so to speak, or, you know, what kind of the the early days (laughs) I guess.
3: Well, um, I think, so when it comes to weight problems. I didn't really have one. I was gifted with good genes except for the tail end of my, you know, previous life. Uh, I think I mentioned that vicious cycle of, you know, trying to rely on your genes while not living smart and mm-hmm. eventually bad habits catch up to you. Right. Um, sure. So, you know, at the at the low point, I was 205 pounds, never been above it, even at my like worst, a buck 90. So that was shocking. And, you know, FYI, that 205 for me was a little bit because I think I talked about the lack of uh, musculature. So, it mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I actually though I wore body fat going on then would have met the eye. But anyway, that's kind of a tangent to your question. Um, my background and what maybe led to what happened. I started keto is probably a function of people don't know what the hell to make of me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm half half Chinese. I grew up in Taiwan. When I'm over there, I'm the white guy. When I'm over here, I'm the Asian guy. Uh, I have a fair amount of interest naturally so I can be on my playlist when I go to the gym but I can post on Facebook about like cello concertos and you know I do a Sinatra tribute show and I also uh, do ballroom dancing so I'm just like a complete mix mush and uh, you know for a long time it was just one of the things where you you know it in right but then you also want to be mm-hmm. your own person and sometimes two right. conflict with each other so it, I think a lot of my bitterness leading up to it was was, uh, trying to conform and being upset that I had to. Uh, it sort of begot like uh, a very low opinion of people in general, though I actually am a very nice guy and I do like really like people. Um, so yeah, I think the dichotomy of, you know, trying to live a double life, if you will, and being upset as to why you need to um, put me at the low point where I almost died.
1: <laughs> mm. So let's, let's talk about the, the, the recovery from that. You got into keto. You, you did the research here. You, you get on fire for it. What has been your your, your physical response? Um, we'll we'll talk more about your physical feats that that you uh, that you share with the, the group and whatnot here in a, in a bit. But just what was that journey like for you in, in recovering and, and restoring back to the the place that at least you were before, if not uh, far better?
3: Mm, good question. Um, well, I think the first thing that started happening was you know dropping the body fat rather quickly. Uh, but then I got confused when I started feeling laos um, started feeling better once I learned that it was possibly an electrolyte imbalance which was fascinating in of its own right when I discovered that um, going from you know like the, the, the internet gurus talking about not the need to adequate amounts of protein because somehow ketosis is muscle sparing um, to like losing weight and then getting to like 162 pounds and getting tired of people saying I was getting small and so I went looking for, like, how does one weight gain? And I discovered that what for about six, seven months was probably misguided. Uh, and then I set out to, you know, put the muscle back on and to my delight, found that it was rather possible. Um, you know, then moving from there, it was really interesting uh, learning about, you know, the need for salt when you go exercise uh, and even more fascinating when I discovered the TKD protocol. Um, um, to describe how that felt, it was like the difference between using gasoline and then all of a sudden converting it into jet fuel. Um, actually, funny story there... Certification uh, in primal health coaching, and I documented my um, my my attempt at TKD in that forum, and then Luis uh, Velasnar himself responded and explained to me what it was doing and fixed up a couple of my wrong moves, in particular the um, the salt intake, and then my very next workout was just even more bombastic than the first time I did TKD, and so uh, I guess to answer like physically how is it like does it work for me it's just been one uh surprise delightful surprise after another all the like different ways that you know through a targeted nutrition approach you can you can augment uh how your body experiences itself ketogenically
2: i, I was just going to add to that like absolutely and it's uh and i had just made a post in the beginners group about the pot you know and i had it had up that like reverse transformation like when i lost all my my initial weight like i dropped down to 166 I was like super lean but I, I didn't I was not happy with the way I looked. same thing I started getting all the comments about getting too scrawny and you're not eating enough and you don't look healthy and and I, I felt fine but I just looked all white and, and it felt like I was just so you know same the same as you were saying just by able to tweak some things and you know with a with a decent metabolism and and strictly manipulate food I'm able to to get to a side a more comfortable and you know being 40 years old and a veteran lifter to be able to experience what some newbie gains you know that the amount of weight I was able to add it's a Pretty, pretty phenomenal to consider.
3: consider. Absolutely. Um, and on the subject of metabolism, Bert, you're just a, you're a freak of nature when it comes to how many calories you can put on a not balloon. <laughs> just throwing it out there.
2: It's
0: interesting. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It,
0: it, we really don't like him. We'll
1: just leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, someday I want to be like Berto and be able to eat that. I'm not sure I can. That'll be t shirt number two be like Berto. Be like Berto. Oh, I like that.
0: Eat like Berto. Eat like Berto.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jim, you were saying something. That's great.
0: I <laughs> uh, don't even know. you no. um, So, you're talking about all the physical transformations, everything, and going to keto. So, obviously, you had some internal struggles as well. So, did keto brighten the day a little bit for you, kind of thing, or what did you see emotionally and in your head as you went, uh, got on that keto journey?
3: Well, to be perfectly honest, uh, if if we're just talking about very basically, because you know, it's been it's been a long process with a lot of contributing factors right uh i think that keto sure. uh, was one of the more important ones in that it finally made me feel like i had clarity about what um to do right uh i'm a plastic i guess too uh, it, it just naturally and so picking something that is in a minority group people that don't know like kind of shun it because they don't understand it's perfect for me because i can literally just walk around and be like yeah like look at everything that's happened to me. You can't tell me I'm not healthy, you know, off on that. Um, (laughs) the, yeah, you know, what I I said about, what I said about, you know, my struggles just like terms with being okay by being different and that's, you know, just fine. Doing keto was was a very easy way for me to do that and feel proud that I was doing everything I could to do it, you know, properly with, you know, sophistication, uh, and, and, and real, um, attention to, detail so that, you know, I'm not in the category of, 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 of the just thinks that because I stopped eating carbs, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy that I've taken all of that into consideration and I can refute the notion that genetics is unhealthy, provided you do these things. Um, mm-hmm. it was a big, it was a big confidence builder in that regard. So, you know, knowing that I had that kind of power over my own life and, you know, a, a, an ability to communicate that outward and, you know, be, it was a very very... very big step in, in making me become comfortable in my own skin again.
1: So I, I, you may have mentioned it, but I, I totally missed the timeline on all of this. So how long ago was it that you you found uh, the ketogenic way and kind of reclaimed your life and all this?
3: About a year and a half, give or take, like a month. Um, it you know it was about it was about three months from that point that I you know really got going in it. Um, uh, but that yeah, that's a time frame within which I don't have it time stamped, mm-hmm. um, or anything. It's, it, you know that that was that's not as important to me as the fact that I. Just started it for take sure
1: okay so let's um and you I think I think you touched on this a little bit but let, let's talk more about how family has reacted now um, you you talked about some of the the, the cultural things already a little bit uh, let's dig into that a little deeper how has family um, reacted have they supported have they balked what what's kind of been the response that you've gotten
3: uh, well it was a slow burn <laughs> uh, but you know you, you like like everybody else around me you can't argue with results right and i have been insistent that i'm not just a you know a cheerleader that you know there's some very real merit to why i have decided to you know live my life as predominantly a fat burner so slowly you know the information has begun to sunk in you know my I, i remember when my mother finally watched uh fat a documentary she like freaked Out that everything she'd ever been taught about nutrition was wrong. Um, My younger brother is now starting keto, and he just hit a milestone himself. Uh, And so no one, you know, no one can argue with the fact that he looks healthier, sounds healthier, acts healthier, and so on and so forth. You know, my older brother, who has a background in personal training and you know uh, worked in medical education, is now connecting the dots between you know the mechanisms that allow ketosis. the deficiencies that you can accommodate for and you know why the idea that you have to eat carbohydrates to sustain yourself doesn't actually make any sense so uh, I would say overall it's been you know very positive say that at the very beginning I was met with a fair amount of skepticism
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say that everyone everyone probably was and even now the amount of misinformation that's out there because I'm still active in a bunch of just random groups and some of them are just you know just fitness related groups just overall all in general and some of them are more on the IBD side and someone brings up keto and then just the amount of people that just come in and bash it and just with with like yep. no with nothing like to back it up they're like oh just well don't do a fad diet like all that fat's bad for you I'm like I always kind of like well oh, the fat the fat parts a choice <laughs> and then uh, right. the comment that I always make that uh that always gets kind of gets people kind of stuck cuz I was like all right let's let's assume you got dropped in the middle of the woods right now and you had to survive strictly on your own devices guess what diet you would fall into <laughs> And then you right. know and then you put it that way, and they it's a and great they, point. Yeah, they, they can't argue because you're gonna you're gonna eat what's available if you could if you kill an animal, you're gonna eat the animal. If you find vegetables or fruits or whatever, it's gonna be what's what's growing above ground because you're you're probably not gonna be doing a whole lot of digging. And then there you go, there's your ketogenic diet.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Um it's really funny. The you know, the the misinformation, the skepticism. I love a, a number of talks from Luis Villasenor who uh, points out often that you know in bodybuilding, uh ketogenics has been practice for quite some time actually when they especially go through their cutting phase they just didn't call it that um you know so it's it's not a it's not necessarily a fad diet not you know to mention how the history of it but you know people have been doing it uh for the for meeting their goals for you know centuries <laughs> yeah
0: what would you say has been, uh, Zach, the easiest part of going keto? Because a lot of people, when they switch over or make that transition to keto, it's, it's this whole, well, I've got to give up this and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like your positive spin on how, what was the simplest part for you to do it?
3: Um, So I wouldn't say it was simple exactly, okay. um, but I would say that uh, I have a tendency to run into pain. Uh, that's, you know, that's how I've gotten my best work done in anything. That I've ever done. And I I think in keto, that, you know, it's no exception. When I started, I ate, you know, bacon and eggs pretty much every day for like two weeks. And by the end of two weeks, I couldn't look at another steak or another egg. (laughs) <laughs> or I would throw up. Right, and you know I, I'm Taiwanese, right? I uh, we 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 prize food and flavor greatly, and it was at that moment where I realized that if I couldn't enjoy flavors, uh, then like regardless of how good this diet was for me, I I don't think I could stick with it. So rather than just give up and assume that I couldn't, I said, well, how can I? And you know went to recreate ketogenic ingredients and. And fortunately, I've discovered that it's quite possible. Um, like I'm I'm Asian, so we love rice, right? While I can't say that cauliflower rice is like rice by itself, I can tell you that if I season it like a lot of our fried rices are, it's almost indistinguishable or at least 80% of the way. Um, when it comes to, you know, the main focus, the protein, I love protein. And when it comes to the fat, uh, I never really liked eating fatty meat, but if I needed fats, I could, add it in multiple ways, like, uh, you know, bacon fat or, or pork belly fat. I would save it and I would use it for cooking. Um, I think the positive spin that I would give it is that the bulk items are rather delicious. And if you, if you just exercise a little elbow grease and use a little creativity, there's not very many things that can't enjoy um, that have a ketogenic spin on them.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, one of the one of the my favorite thing i don't make it very often because i'm just i'm just not really big on sweets but i stumbled and this has quite more sweetener in it than i than i care to consume on most times but i stumbled across a completely like flourless avocado brownie recipe like i mean it's I saw delicious I just, I, on the rare occasion that i want it like i'll make it i'll eat it and i mean outside of you know a, a decent amount of sweetener and i'm like this thing is based with avocado <laughs> and it is really really good
3: so uh well you know on, on the subject of baking um i Oh no! I just wanted to say, and like there is a there is a story as to why I'm also a baker. I mean, seriously, like there of all the things that anybody could say that I would become uh, a baker is not one of them. Uh, but that that's a funny story in itself. But side note on ingredients, see that's what's kind of interesting to me about ketogenics. is originally I was of the mind that you know ketosis discriminated against ingredients, but then I realized that no, ketosis doesn't discriminate against ingredients. Ketosis is all about carb restriction. I think uh, someone mentioned trace carbs, right? Like, or if maltodextrin is an ingredient in something, like you could be a purist and say you don't want to eat it. But the fact of the matter is that if there's so little maltodextrin in something that it doesn't like register as a carbohydrate, uh, you can get away with eating it. So similarly, uh, vital wheat gluten is the protein from wheat removed of all the carbohydrates, and that's what gives bread and what have you its buoyance. So if you don't mind gluten which I don't, um, a lot of baked goods now take on a completely different um, you know, profile when you live ketogenically, since you can now actually make them not only taste, but feel like a bread product.
1: Absolutely. So, what is a um, the day day in the life for, for you um, in in regards to uh, fitness, and then also food, and how those fit together?
3: Um, okay, so I'll describe a like a full day. This isn't every day, but, but I'll wake up at uh, five a.m. Uh, I first thing I'll do is I'll walk into my kitchen and I'll put you know salt in a glass of water with a little bit of low salt for potassium. Drink that right down. I'll take a shower and then I'll come back out and I will mix my, you know, 25 grams of whey protein, um, a half a teaspoon of salt. I will drink a, a pre-workout that I have um, mixed with a little bit more potassium. I will drink that all down and I will wait about 10 minutes and walk to the gym and I'll get in a really great workout before 7 a.m. hits. I'll come back and then I'll make myself, you know, a modest breakfast since I just had the protein, which would be, I don't know, tuna fish with celery um, or bacon and eggs and kimchi i love kimchi uh then i'll go you know on my day to work and, and at time i might have uh, kimchi fried rice with bacon or pork belly or some other form of meat um you know i passed the point where i'm tracking all of my macros i have kind of like i think louise Villasner call it the matrix effect where you see food and you just calculate numbers <laughs> um,
2: it's 100 percent true
3: <laughs> right you know what i mean right so yeah i just kind of eyeball it uh, and when it, it depending on whether I'm in a, in a bulking phase or a cutting phase, I kind of know that I, I need to add like just a little bit more of this, um, you know, olive oil or what have you into whatever I'm eating, or if I'm cutting, it's like less, uh, maybe more protein. Um, but you no, know, I, I try to get, I try to get the complete mix of vegetables, uh, protein and fats, depending on what proportions, you know, with every meal, um, I'll, you know, have that lunch, I'll get back to work. And then, you know, if this is like a Wednesday or a Friday, uh, I'll usually have a, uh, a, a, a dance lesson towards like seven 30 or eight, which, you know, I would say you might be able to characterize as a quasi steady state cardio. Not exactly, but you know, it's certainly not a hit or like lifting protocol. So, you know, I'll, I'll do that, you know, it'll end at around like eight 30, uh, maybe nine and I'll go back home. And, you know, at that point it's kind of, uh, you know, who knows, I, I might eat simply, uh, with, with just the tuna fish and whatever. If I'm, you know, if, if I'm bored of that, I will cook something for myself, whether it's a piece of, Meat and you know vegetables. I'm I'm on a I'm on a collard green stir fry kick right now, actually. Um, and then you know I'll get ready for bed. And at this point, this is going to sound kind of funny to you guys, but uh, I mentioned that I don't I don't track my macros as much as I used to. So what I actually do now is I judge how hungry I am, you know, before bedtime, because I found that uh, to you know because the fat is the is the issue, right? It's not the protein and it's not the carbs. The uh, the fat is where we get the most of our calories. And if you want to maintain a certain body composition, that's the thing that you have to pay attention to. You can't get too little of it or you'll shrink and you can't get too much of it or you'll bloat. And, you know, the fun part for me is that I don't particularly need to eat fat since it's kind of not the, not the thing that I look for in my meals. So it's something that I can either add or subtract in tablespoons. Um, so at that point, I'll ask myself, you know, am I hungry still? If I'm not, then I'll just go to bed. But if I am, uh, I will probably take, you know, a tablespoon of MCT oil or I might make myself uh, like a bottomless pizza. Because um, the real reason why I do that is that, you know, if my calories are too low, then I'll have trouble sleeping. It's a sort of like a low calorie induced insomnia. So that's a that's that's a that's a day in the life of Zach Williams. <laughs> very
1: cool. So what what the, the the fitness regimen that you that you do now, you you're definitely very fit now. Um, I'd seen, I seen. I was looking over your profile a little bit ago and, and was, was remembering that the videos that you've posted of, uh, handstand pushups and things like that. What, what's kind of your, your favorite part of that, that regiment? What, what, what's your, you know, with all of that?
3: Um, that's a multi-tiered question. Yes. Um, so I, I, I wanted the, the, the body composition. I wanted the aesthetic, uh, but I didn't want it at the sacrifice of, you know, athleticism and mobility. Um, I, you know, I had previous background in trying to break dance and, you know, I, I I liked body weight exercises growing up. So, you know, I started there, but it didn't allow me to grow the way that, you know, regular lifting, hyper training would. So then I found Athlean X, uh, which is uh, Jeff Cavalier. And his whole philosophy around if you want to look like an athlete, you must train like an athlete. uh, I identified with that as a concept. And so I began, you know, watching a lot of his videos. And to my delight, he went into such detail that I was able to, you know, pursue the aesthetic that I wanted. But at this time, fix a lot of my imbalances, if you will. Um, and that also brings me to the third tier of this. And that is the the dancing. Now, uh, just to back up a little bit, the, the dancing was part of my, you know, when I got started on ketogenics, it, it, it was a kick that I got on. I almost died, you know, and I had a I had a difficult recovery. Uh, and I, I became of a mind that like life's too short, and I need to be proactive about things. So rather than being apprehensive at the things that I you know that were foreign to me if it even remotely made me curious I would you know pursue it in the hopes that I might love it and so the dancing was one of those that you know I grew up watching these old movies and I used to see these guys you know take a woman on the floor and dance and I was like wow that's suave and sophisticated that's kind of cool but you know I never went for it this time I did um nice story about that is I had the fifth lesson it was around Christmas time and I uh, had Christmas dinner with my grandmother and I told her about this and she told me a story about when she was a child. And during the Depression, her dream was to study at the Arthur Murray uh, Dance School, and her father only could afford her oboe lessons. She said, "If, if I, I will pay for your lessons, if you go dance for me." So now I have the lessons paid for by my grandmother, and you know I do what I can to to do it well, so that I can send her, uh, you know, the videos and and do just what I said. Right. So the 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 dancing is an interesting. Uh, let's call it a hobby, It's actually very physical. Um, The dance studio I go to is Arthur Murray Cambridge. Uh, It's run by a woman named Kia Kenny, Um, and you know she's got some of the most colorful group of people working for her that you've ever met. Uh, Side note to just colorful people. It was a great place uh, for me because you know reintroduction back into you know general society, so to speak. The nicest people you ever met uh, attend dance schools. I'm convinced. Um, Well, I made a lot of great friends and. and so back to the physicality of it, it requires movement through, you know, the, the 3D plane, if you will. Posture is highly prized, but so is mobility in a very, you know, physical but elegant way. And so I use that as a barometer for, you know, the the training. If there was a move that I was supposed to do, I would first think not do I have rhythm in it, but is there a muscular weakness going on that's preventing me from being able to step? You know, first it might have been my cat- and then it was my lower back. And then it was, you know, my core. Uh, then it was, you know, my my the the section that you're that you work doing face pulls. Anyway, I'd identify those. And then I would go and look at um, Jeff Cavalier's videos and try to find the answer to how I could strengthen them. And I did that back and forth, you know, throughout the entire process. Uh, I would always look to ensuring that as I grew to the aesthetic I wanted, it wasn't sacrificed. you know, the mobility grace, if you will, that's required of the dancing, you know, back and forth. I don't even think those guys at Dance Studio even appreciate that I really look at everything I do there um, very closely to, you know, like, the the human body and what it should or should not be doing with respect to athletics.
0: Well, let me tell you, um, I am. I keep a beat, and I have a little bit of musical knowledge. And um, fun fact, I won a dance competition for charity about ten years ago that was put on by our local Arthur Murray. Um, no, so it was a shit. fundraising kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, we do. There were six, there were six of uh, competitors each year. You raise money for different charities in the community and whatnot, but then do a a fox trot, a swing, and a, an other, and you claimed your other um so nobody else could do it so there I I did a samba there was a lady who had a background that did a polka so everybody did their own thing in the end and um yeah I'm, I'm I'm getting exactly what you're putting down here about the the movement and everything because I I don't know that I could go to a wedding and dance but I know how to like you tell me to put my arm here on count one and put my leg here on count two <laughs> I can do that so there's right. I, I i'm I'm with you right there so yeah
3: it's fascinating you know there's a guy the GM of studios his name is Christian Leitner and you know I remember I was the first time I saw him dance I was absolutely fascinated with what I was seeing because he, he, he really graceful but when he's doing their pro show you can tell that the guy is exerting himself to pull off you know this controlled move in a smooth way through space and I just remember like first time I saw that I was man like that does not look like you know like the, you know they say that like dancers should make it look easy he made it look easy but his face told me that no there was something really intense going on as he was doing it and it made me respect mm-hmm. very much right there the physicality of it all
0: yeah yeah well
3: i want to we want to be respectful of your time but i want to
0: ask one more question here before we start wrapping things up you know talking about your you know the challenges over the last few years and what um obviously you found the group in some way shape or form on facebook um we always talk about the the fun stuff of the group and everything like that but if somebody is not in the keto man's club tell fo- tell our listeners a little bit about how it impacted you. Like, what have you gotten out of being in that group?
3: A man's club? Um, yeah. Ha, well, when people ask me what is the key to a man's club, I say, well, it's a, it's a safe place for ketogenic men. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, Berto and, you know, David and, and Tris and everybody's created, you know, a wonderful group, uh, you know, very friendly, very supportive, uh, very diverse. Um, you know, I will be I'll be frank. It's probably one of, if not the most comfortable groups um, in the ketogenic community that I've seen with respect to both, you know, understanding of ketogenics and just general attitude. So um, I would tell anybody that isn't. in the keto man's group if they're live ketogenically that they should be in it.
1: Okay. Great. That's a great answer. I agree. Well, um, Jen, any <laughs> any any other um, questions that we we need to to cover before we uh, we close things down for the night? None that I can think of.
3: Very. I'm cool. good as well. I feel like I've been rambling on the entire time. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what we brought well, you on the, to do. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're supposed the guest to ramble.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to. You're good. You're good. You've done done a great job. So yeah, um, just really really good stuff there. Um, any other uh, group news? Jim, before we, before we start doing our, our uh, reviewing social media stuff,
0: so this show will be up in a couple of weeks or doing this at the end of January. Mm-hmm. But by the time it's up, there is a possibility that we'll have t-shirts ready to go out to um, our first round of supporters and members of the group and podcast listeners and whatnot. So, um, we're going to talk on, you don't know this yet, Chris and Alberto, but we need to, I want to figure out if there's something we can do like selfies of people wearing their keto man's club t-shirts or what exactly. So, uh, stay tuned for that in the uh, coming couple of
1: episodes. Absolutely. Um, definitely want to, uh, to see uh, our guys sporting their stuff. Um, we will uh, hopefully be uh, seeing those shirts in hand there in Austin, at least, uh, within the next week or so. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it. We've uh, still got people almost by the hour joining both groups at this point um, or are asking mm-hmm. to. And uh, both both groups are, are growing uh, in bounds. Um, and that brings us to uh, how you can connect with us and, and whatnot. First of all, Zach, how can people connect with you
3: best? Well, I mean, you can always message me on Facebook. Uh, I have my email address too, which is uh, twnzwilliams at gmail.com.
1: Zach, thanks for that. And and hopefully people will reach out to you because I think that you're an excellent resource in a lot of different ways. Um, people connect with the uh, with the everything Keto Man's Club via our website. We've got all the links to our social net, uh, network um, connections, our Facebook groups, the Facebook page for the podcast. Podcast, um, everything um, at theketomansclub.com. Um, that includes my Instagram, which is at Duckman Keto Alberto. Uh, the group, as per usual, and I actually changed my Instagram
0: handle
2: by a little bit. It's now L. keto Cholo. So that would be the next best place to get a hold of me. Okay.
1: And Jim?
0: Uh, mine is Jim Inman Jr. Jim Inman Jr. on Instagram.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're pretty connectable. You, you've got plenty of ways to reach us. Uh, there is an Instagram for the podcast. Podcast, uh, and that is at Keto Man's Club Podcast. So go ahead and follow that. You can email us any questions that you have. We've had a couple inquiries via the email recently and uh, we definitely encourage you to reach out that way if you'd like. That's Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161 uh, and uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well if you would like. Uh, feel free to reach out with any questions, any comments, ideas that you might have uh we love to hear from our uh from our listeners if you would take a few moments to uh go out to apple uh, podcasts and uh, leave a comment or review even if that's not where you listen to our podcast um if you have a device that interfaces with that it would help the algorithm quite a lot um just a quick rating a quick comment it goes a long way we've had a couple of those recently uh, some of them from japan i believe right
2: yeah i think that's what i heard
1: yeah so um Good. Getting feedback is a good thing, uh, regardless of the form of the feedback. So um, thank you for the, the support and uh, the feedback and all of that. So uh, I think that's it for this week. Um, Zach, once again, thanks for coming and joining us. Uh, lots of great insight. And and uh, you've got a, a great story that that I hope will inspire a whole lot of other people to uh, push uh, past their internal limits and and find uh, the best health that they can find for themselves. That's it for this This week until next week. Make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. m-a-n-s-c-l-u-b.com you can also follow us on instagram at keto man's club podcast lastly if you have any comments or questions feel free to reach out via email to keto man's club podcast at gmail.com thank you again for joining us today and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week